Which got me into a little bit of trouble. That's not even funny. Can't believe we, we came up with a whole episode, pretty much. I'd be like, alright, I got ten minutes. And I'd run to the computer, fucking pull my pants down. The fire is dying. I can't even say it. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Mr. Yorick! Mr. Yorick! Welcome to the But You're Wrong podcast. I'm Greg DiNicola. I'm Keith Fudela. We now join the But You're Wrong podcast already in progress. This is part two of our conversation with fellow podcaster and all-around good guy, John Oldfield. Uh, check out last week's episode to talk uh, more about his podcasting history and uh, his time in a sensory deprivation tank or float tank, as he prefers. Um, I can't say sensory deprivation tank. Only he can use that word. Uh, you can only use that word, apparently, if you've been in a tank. I don't know. Anyway, uh, the show that John and I are going to be starting that we reference here in a few minutes is going to be called The Documentary Show. Um, it's going to launch beginning of November. Uh, we have a little bit more information now than we did when we recorded. Uh, you can go to at uh, doc show pod on Twitter. Uh, if you have any suggestions for us, you can email us at docshowpod at gmail.com and go to facebook.com slash the documentary show uh, to follow us there so you find out as soon as the episode launches. Uh, I think we talked about the ones that we'll be talking about in the first episode on here. So you can watch those uh, and then be prepared when the show comes out and enjoy a part two. Uh, going back to Fight Club, have you guys read the uh, the Fight Club comic that they came out with? It's no. Fight Club Two. I heard about. it. I didn't read it though. It is so good. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. It it really it it picks up basically where the movie left off, and it does an amazing job. It's it's just as good as the movie. I mean, book two, but I don't really I don't know what I didn't read the book, so I don't know. How um. Is where, he where in like a, Is it online or? Um, I mean, I'm sure you it's the internet. You can get anything, but uh, you can just go to your local comic book it. shop and pick it up. Okay, all right. But there's two parts, part one and two, and they're uh, they're worth worth checking out. Basically, the 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 starting storyline is um, not Tyler Durden. What's the other guy? He's just known as the narrator, I think. Well, yeah. the narrator. I think you do know his name at some point in this. But um, uh, he's been taking uh, medication to kind of get rid of, you know, Tyler. Um, and, uh, and then the, the girl kind of swaps out his medication for other stuff and for, like, sugar pills. And Tyler kind of starts coming back. Really good story. Is it uh, the girl um, – um, fuck, I totally blanked on her name. Uh, Tim, Tim Burton's wife? Carter. Yes. No, they, they're not necessarily drawn the same. It's some other, some yeah. other girl. It's just a, it's just a girl. Okay. Uh, the other name I think sometimes he gets referred to is Jack, but that's just because yeah. he's always doing the, uh, I am Jack's colon, I am Jack's, you know, like all the the medical things. But I don't. I mean, at least in the movie and the book, they never say his name. Yeah, I honestly I can't remember, but it's um, it's worth picking up. Talking about Fight Club. Now, are they are the characters drawn like Norton and Pitt, or no? They're their own separate people. Okay. I mean, they're their own things, but it's uh, it's it is drawn really well, and it's like it it, it it they do a really good job, but it doesn't it doesn't look like Brad Pitt. Okay. Which is good because that'd be I don't know it seem that would seem weird I think. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm just looking on here. So right now, I guess there's four issues of it. Oh, I don't know. I've only read two. It looks like there's four issues of it. It's supposed oh, to awesome. be seven issues. Actually, it's supposed to be more. Uh, because I'm looking at a thing that says hardcover collection uh, numbers one through ten is supposed to come out uh, May 18th in comic book stores and May 31st of 2016 in bookstores. I will be ordering that then. Uh, but right now, yeah, it looks like uh, by November 25th of this year, we'll have uh, up to number seven. That's Dang. interesting. We're going to have to check that out. Yeah, it's definitely worth uh, definitely worth looking at. Uh, yeah, sounds very cool. I, I This thing also says that it is a continuation of the book. So I guess not an exact continuation of the, of the movie. But I think, it, as I recall, they were pretty similar. Um, I think the book ends with him in a, like, insane asylum. Or a mental hospital or something. Maybe that's why he gets the pills and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the... I'm trying to remember if the book even has him shooting himself. I think it does. I'm pretty sure it does. Um, but yeah, I think after that, it then has him in a uh, in a mental hospital. And I think that's really like the only big difference. I think everything else is pretty much the same. Um, speaking of movies, though, there was one thing that we uh, we were going to touch on because um, the the other reason that we had John on is that uh, there's going to be a new show that we're going to do, or at least I'm going to do, with John in the But You're Wrong network that we're kind of pseudo-creating here. Conglomerate. Very haphazardly. Um, But uh, about we're going to do a show about documentaries. Still doesn't have a name yet. It's probably going to be in the next, like, couple months or whatever. Um, And we'll we'll let everybody know when that actually happens. But one of the things that started that was John turned me on to this documentary called um, Tim's Vermeer, which is insanely good. Um, Very good. Greg, did you get a chance to check it out or no? I did not know. Okay. Um, So uh, do you want to, John, do you want to set up what that, what it's about? Uh, Sure. So Vermeer is a... uh is, he's not a renaissance painter. He's post-renaissance. I don't know what that's called. But um, he's a, a master painter known as one of the best technical painters of all time. There's this guy named Tim something. Um, uh, uh, Jenison? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Jenison. He, um, he's this uh, big wig in like animation and TV um, a lot of uh, like video. He's a yeah. He's an inventor. He he invented um, I think like video editing software and stuff like that, and like three D. A lot of three ad- D stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like three D animators and stuff on on computers and, and how to build stuff like that, and then a bunch of other like small stuff. I think. Yeah, I th- I think he won a lot of like like the Emmys that they show that aren't on TV, like the weird like technical Emmys. Um, he won a lot of those. Yeah. 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 So, um, so, so he's, he's out there, he's made a ton of money. Um, they kind of start the documentary showing all the like badass stuff he does. He's like built a plane and he like flew to 
whatever. And he does all this cool stuff. But he's friends with Penn Gillette, who's another one of my favorite people. Um, the, so the magician Penn Gillette is the guy that uh, kind of produced this movie alongside Teller. But Penn Gillette narrates and, and kind of kind of lets you kind of I guess he narrates the the story a little bit. Yeah, he um, he kind of narrates it. Um, I believe Teller is the director of the movie. Okay. Hmm. Not a lot of direction, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know how he told people what to do. He just pointed a lot, and everybody had to pay attention. Does he ever talk? Yeah. He, yeah. Okay. You, you can find clips of him talking. I still haven't, like, found it, because I like the idea of just never hearing his voice. Yeah, because I've never, I've never heard it. Uh, but you can Google it, and, like, you can hear him, but it's just kind of, like, part of the shtick on shows and stuff when he's in that kind of teller character. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, so, so Pendulette and, and Teller kind of produced it and directed it, I guess. Um, but basically the idea is Tim Jellis, Jennison, 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 yep. he, uh, he believes that he, along with a couple other scholars believe that, uh, Vermeer, instead of just being a really great master painter used technology and a few different devices to make his paintings so lifelike and so realistic, um, and then the the documentary is, I guess, the journey of Tim trying to recreate a Vermeer uh, esque painting, um, and uh, and and doing a really good job of that. Hmm. When did yeah, this come out? So uh, it's got to be a couple of years. 2014, it looks like. Actually, uh, I think it was released on DVD 2014. I think it came out in theaters and stuff 2013, maybe. Okay. Um, but part of the thing is, so Vermeer is known for doing, like, photorealistic stuff, and everything that he paints looks like a photograph. Um, but looking at it, there's no evidence of... Because you know how you can x-ray a painting and see what's underneath it? Mm-hmm. There's no evidence that he, like, drew anything freehand... There's no like and then, there's no like lines added yeah, to the painting that he like painted over it. There's no uh, there's no way to figure out how he was able to do it so well. And then a guy, um, let me see if I can quickly find the guy's name. This I know guy, I should have I should have had all the names. This guy wrote this this guy wrote this book that kind of started him the um, Tim Jennison on this thing where he was like, "Why well, think he might have used some kind of like optical device?" Um, something called a uh, camu- camera obscura, mm-hmm. which will reflect the image into that's outside of this kind of small room um, onto a wall, basically using a lens. And he kind of played around with that, and then he kind of played around with this other stuff. Um, it was this article says it was spurred by the book Secret Knowledge by British artist David Hockney. Yes. Um, um, and Vermeer's camera by British architecture professor Philip Stedman. Um, so they kind of s- say the same thing, that he used some kind of... He had to use some kind of a lens or something in order to uh, prove this, this that he used this to in- create these photorealistic paintings. Um, and the painting that he tries to reproduce is called The Music Lesson. Mm-hmm. So he goes through this whole thing and he's practicing on a small scale and realizes that you could then use, use like the camera obscura, you could use a mirror, and then as he he tweaks it a little bit to, and adds these other little like mirrors and lenses and things, 
but figures out how you could basically get the image on a mirror and then just kind of haphazardly paint using the mirror and then like tilting your head back and forth and you're painting until the paint matches what's in the mirror if that makes sense so that right. like the line between the edge of the mirror and the edge of the painting you can't tell the difference yeah it's it's it is hard hard to explain it's a lot easier to see yeah but if you imagine um if you're sitting at a desk and there's a picture on the wall and you have a piece of paper down below you like a canvas down below you there's a mirror at like a 45 degree angle between that painting and your canvas and you're basically looking down at the reflection of the painting and just kind of drawing what you see looking down into the mirror. That didn't make any sense either. It is hard to describe. It's it, Yeah, it's much easier to see, but it, it includes all this stuff. But the most f- crazy thing about this is he goes, all right, well, I think this is how he did it. And he paints like a fantastic painting, very, very pretty, well... I don't want to say very because you can tell it's a painting because it's his first painting that he's ever done in his life. But basically, he takes a graduation picture of, like, his father-in-law or his dad or something and, like, uses the mirror and then paints a reproduction of the picture. And you can tell it's a painting. You can barely tell it's a painting, man. It's pretty it, good. It's really, it's really good. And you're just like, well, fuck, it looks like that's how it works. But and that's, he, like, his second picture painting ever. Oh, I thought that was his first painting that he ever did. I think he said he's done it before that show, but that was, you know, his first time being taped while painting, I guess. Okay, and then he does, he has somebody else do it. He brings in, like, a professor and has him paint, like, a a jug or something to show that he can do it. And the guy's all excited. And then he goes, okay, well, now I'm going to literally recreate the painting of the music lesson. And he goes to such lengths to recreate this painting because he's doing all this research and he goes, okay, well, Vermeer probably painted in this one room and it had light from, like, the north side to it. Mm -hmm. So he goes and he rents a warehouse that has light coming in, like, sunlight coming in from the north side. And then he literally rebuilds the fucking room in this warehouse. He learns... At one point, they say he learns Dutch to study art. He's, like he's art he Vermeer. is the world's most interesting man. He's a complete yeah. badass, and he like masters all these things along the way that he picks up. This gentleman sounds very dedicated. But he, yeah, because he goes, okay, well, he has to learn in order to do it right. He has to learn how to create the paint that Vermeer would have used. So he literally learns how in the 1600s they would use pigments and stuff and grind their own paint. He then learns how, in the 1600s, they made lenses and glass and makes things that way. Not by modern technology, by the 1600 standard. And they show, like, a, a montage of him just smashing lenses that he fucked up and redoing it over and over again until but, he gets it right. That's my favorite part about the documentary is he didn't kind of discover something and then went back and make a do- made a documentary on it. You you get to see it like real time like as he's discovering new ways of doing things, it he's filming it and then and you know improving on it. Yeah. And that's yeah. I get the sense that he basically what happened was 
he started trying to figure this out and was having a talk with like Penn and Teller or Penn at one point. And Penn was like, we should start filming this right away and documenting what's happening. Right. Yeah. Because you kind of, it seems like you come in a little late into the story. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, I don't think it wasn't the first time he thought of this idea, but you get to watch him. It's not like he was like, hey, I made this painting and it, this is how I did it. You yeah. get to watch him make it. But then when the process actually starts, but he like, there's an instrument in there that do, I don't even know the name of the instrument in the music lesson. It's kind of like a piano, but it's something else. Well, but he there's doesn't. A, yeah, there's a cello. I thought a harpsichord and then whatever that kind of chest drawer thing is. Yeah, well, the chest drawer thing is like, a, isn't that the like a like almost like a piano or something or. I mean, I thought they referred to it as a harpsichord, but I don't know. Is it a harpsichord? It, you might be right. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not even uh, sure what a harpsichord is. Uh, yeah, no, I guess maybe it was a harpsichord. But he, right. he he but did it, call that what he called something a particular word. That I uh, but he basically like figured out how to. He used all this math and stuff to figure out and like. They weren't making chairs that would fit to the painting, so he had to make that. He had to figure out how to do all this woodworking. He built, like, a lathe and everything to do the legs of the harpsichord and everything. So he... And he learns, like, sewing and everything to put together the the costumes for the people in the music lesson. He learns all this stuff in order just to build the the environment in which he's going to paint. Right. If he would have just stopped at I'm going to rebuild this room, that would be an awesome documentary. Like yeah. that was a, that was cool. It was it's really cool when he recreates the like high school graduation picture of his father. Yeah. Like that's yeah, impressive. I, and you're I, like, uh, "Oh, that makes sense." But then he I, goes way further. Sorry. I very much no, sorry. I very much want to I, I would I would like to try. I have no artistic ability, and I would very much like to try to uh, to do it like a, a simple kind of painting like that. Oh yeah, it's 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 amazing what he goes to. So he goes through all this stuff though, and he builds it. And at one point, he just goes because this is the kind of guy he is. He goes, "All right, well, I have a problem. Uh, the length of the harpsichord or whatever it is, it, the length of the leg is uh, three and a half feet." And this lathe is only two or is only two and a half feet, uh, so I think I'm just going to cut the lathe in half. Well, so that's he, he he was like I could I could I could make the legs in two pieces, but instead he cuts the lathe in half so that he could make it the way that it should be. Yeah, he just says ah fuck it and and cuts the entire machine in half and is just like well that's that's why you have machines that can cut machines. <laughs> how um how long? Is is this documentary? This I feel like they cover. It must cover a ton of stuff. So the documentary. I'll tell you how long the documentary is, and then we're gonna play a little game called "How long did he actually take?" And I don't remember the exact time, but I have a I have a rough idea. Right. Um. The documentary is eighty minutes long. It's not long at all. Um, less than an hour and a half. Definitely worth 80 minutes, especially when you find out how much time this guy fucking put into everything that he did. Because um, they don't really say, and then at the end, they give you a grand total of how long he did this. 
Um, hang on, let me see, because I have this on my computer real quick. Let me see if I can find out. I'm trying uh, to find the exact time, but I, uh, I kind of have a rough idea the same as you, but... Okay. Hang on, because I literally have the video file still on my desktop here. Okay. How many days do you think from the start, from the initial start of the project of I'm going to start testing out this theory to the end of it, do you think it took? Greg? Um, how many days? I mean, I, I was going to say, I was actually going to measure it in, in years. I was probably going to say it took them like two and a half years, but Okay, well we we can go in years. Um, okay, hang on, cause let me let me just divide the. Uh, <laughs> calculate. Let me Do just the uh, get the calculator here. Twelve carry the two. Uh, let's see. Uh, ooh, uh, there's 365 days in a year. Typically. Uh, oh fuck, we're. Uh, uh, you better count for a leap year too. Yeah, I don't know if there was a leap year in there. You know what? Let's just say 365. I'm okay with that. Okay, so we have a number. You're saying it took him two and a half years? Is that what yeah. You um, double that. Damn. Five years he spent on this thing. Wow. Five years he spent on this. Now, the most fucked up part of this whole thing is how long... He took uh, paint, actually painting the thing. How long he actually took painting the thing? Yeah. Oof. Um, uh, God. I don't know. I'm going to say three months. Uh, about four, a little, about four months. Um, okay. It was a uh, hundred and thirty days. Wow. So a little over four months, hmm. but compared to five years that he spent building this thing, learning how to do all this stuff. Oh, it's it's minor in comparison to the whole thing. Yeah. Um. Now, do we want to? At this point, like, it's pretty. I feel like it's obvious, but. Do we want to go ahead and, and spoil what the end, the outcome is? I mean, I I, th- I think we're allowed to. It's been three years. Um, yeah, that's tr- that's true. Like uh, two and a half. Say years. just spoiler alert. There you go. Uh, but I feel like it's obvious. The guy went to all this work. Um, when he's done, it is almost an exact replica mm-hmm. of the painting, like. Exact. To the point where there is a moment in the movie where he realizes that because of the his use of lenses and things, there's a straight edge that starts to curve. That's the giveaway. That's that's the telling part. This is it. Yeah, there's something that curves in the painting, a straight line that curves in the painting when he's doing it. And he realizes that he's doing this. And then he looks at Vermeer's original painting, or a print of Vermeer's original painting, because he's only allowed to see the original painting after they fly to London and protest outside the, uh, the uh, what's it called? 
Buckingham Palace. Buckingham Palace. I was going to say Bethlehem Palace, and that's not right at all. Buckingham Palace. And then the Queen invites him in, but he can't record it, but he's allowed to come and visit the painting, basically. But he looks at the print of it, and the exact same error that he made is in the original painting. Hmm. And it's an, it, yeah, and it's an error that only could have happened because of the use of lenses. Right. If, you, if you were just tracing what you saw using lenses, then that curvature of a line could have happened. But if you were an artist doing this, you know, just on your own, you would not do that, really. Right. You would not make that same exact error, pretty much. Um, but it's it's amazing. Like, he comes out, and they sh- the final st- shot of the movie is him standing next to an exact copy of this painting. It, it really is. I mean, it's it's an amazing job. I, I I think mostly art is judged by who paints it. So his painting's probably not worth that much money, but it is just as good as Vermeer's painting. Wow. Yeah, a, a, literally an exact copy of it. Um, and it it looked so. It it's a it's an amazing feat that the guy had to actually go through all this. And create that. He takes it to England to show scholars and th- and um, professors, like, hey, this is this is what I did. And they go, they don't want to say that he's right, but they're like, well, if there was going to be proof that Vermeer used lenses <laughs> and optics to do his paintings, this would be the proof that would show it. So yeah, so they won't they won't completely validate it, but. Yeah, because there there's no way to a hundred percent prove it. Right, right. Because they don't have like there's, there's no, no letters or any of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's no documentation or there's no like invoice from Sal's mirror factory with Vermeer's name on it that says, "Hey, Sal's mirror factory." <laughs> yeah, Salvatore. Yeah, Sal. Yeah, Sal. Back in those days, they used to do invoices by the letter. So to save some money, instead of Salvatore's mirror factory, he just shortened it, it, it was to just Sal's. Sal's. It was just Sal's, yeah. Sal's MF. And a lot of people thought it was motherfucker, and that's why he eventually went out of business. Poor Sal. A lot of lonely moms, though. Silence. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got it. It was, uh, you know, but he's a mirror factory, so why are the moms lonely? Well, I don't know. Maybe they're on the ceiling. The mirrors and such. Um, wait, wait, wait. I don't get it. <laughs> so, so slightly lost in this. Uh, shoot. Don't, don't try and find it. Let's just it. move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. All right. Um, but no, you said something that uh, that reminded me of uh, something. Oh yeah, okay. So one of the reasons they they don't really want to accept it, or they 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 don't think of it like that, and uh, and Tim kind of talks about it in the movie, is the art like artists and scientists and inventors and tinkerers are thought of as like two kind of separate things, but they're not because in the the golden age of art or whenever this guy's making his paintings. He is the like head of he's like the leading edge of technology. Like there's not a computer guy, there's an artist. Right. So he, him using mirrors and figuring out this great way of doing it is just him being an artist and him, you know, doing what he does. So that's I I 
I don't think there should be a separation. I mean, it's not not that different than like a, a Da Vinci, right? Yeah, exactly. Who did all these great works of art, but also, I mean, really was probably more of a scientist than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I think that instead of trying to think like, oh, he's such a great painter, maybe he's just a badass inventor that figured out a way that anybody can paint really great paintings. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't tell anybody because he wanted to be rich. Yeah, and it's just like, fuck it, I'll try it out. Well, you probably, I mean, it sucks, but you probably have a lot of artists or, or these people nowadays, they, they wouldn't want to... Um, they wouldn't want to admit that or, or agree to that because that means it's not necessarily what they would refer to as being artistic, but more so just being smart. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not this great artistic mind. It's this just smart mind who, who was able to kind of figure it out rather than was born with it. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that nowadays people, they, people want art to be very abstract Mm-hmm. And painting a photorealistic image, people would be like, oh, that's cool, and then just move on. Like, they would see it at the county fair and just be like, that's nice, and then just keep walking. Right. Right, that doesn't really get people's that's not, that's ears not, going. Yeah, that's much. not what people consider art, because they'd be like, why don't you just take a fucking picture, you jackass? Right. You spent two months on that? Fuck you, I'm going to go take a picture. That's true, and that's almost how I like still think of art. But when you look at the the painting that he makes, the yeah, at Tim's Vermeer, there's like there's lighting on the wall, and it looks like a painting. You could tell it's a painting, but it looks like what light on a wall looks like. Like it it just yeah. gets it just gets so many things right. You can still tell it's a painting, but it it looks real, which is uh, it, it 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 is amazing either way. Yeah, it does. It does look from a distance like a picture, and you'd be like, "Oh, that guy took a picture." But the thing is, the the fucked up thing about at least how I view art, and I feel like a lot of people do, is they would go, "Oh yeah, so he just fig- he, like he just used this tool." Like if somebody else did it, they would just go, "Oh, he just used this tool." to paint, to repaint a picture that he took or something. And they'd be like, I, maybe that's art, maybe that's not. They would just kind of blow it off. Mm. Watching this documentary, though, I go, that painting that Tim Jennison did, that's fucking art because of how much fucking work he put into it and how long it took him to make that. If you count the time in him building the, the set, for lack of a better word the room like that's that's art and dedication right there but if somebody's just taking a picture and then just using this mirror trick to repaint it then that's kind of bullshit if that makes sense do you think that do you consider vermeer like a great artist or do do you think of him as a great inventor who was really close to taking a picture um no i would i would consider him an artist and i i would consider considered Tim Jennison an artist too because both of them discover this way like it's not like Vermeer discovered this way I don't know if he who knows maybe somebody else did it mm-hmm. and he latched onto that um, 
But let's just assume that Vermeer was the one that discovered this or, or had the idea for this. I would consider him an artist, and I would consider Tim an artist because he rediscovered it without really having any idea. Because the idea that he kind of bases it off of is very different than what he end, ends up using. Right. Yeah. There's um, a couple... There's a base to it that's very similar, but it's very, very different. Um, he adds a whole bunch more lenses and mirrors and everything to it. It's... I mean, I, he, I, don't, I don't think he really added that many more... It wasn't like he had, like, a telescope... He just he he definitely discovered a better way to do it. Well, I know it. he I know he added at least a. I feel like he added at least he, two lenses. Well, he put like instead of it just being a projection on the back wall or whatever, um, he he used like a convex lens. So like a, I don't know, like almost like a makeup lens or whatever. I don't know what it is, but he added he, a, he, he added another lens to hone yeah. in for the detail, right? Yeah. And then, so, yeah, you basically, yeah, I guess he did add another, uh, at least one more lens, I guess. And then he adds an, a mirror because the original idea that was, was, I guess, um, that's what I meant to say. I, I, was, the convex, uh, mirror, not lens. Yeah. No, no, I think he, I think he added a convex, or so he added some kind of lens to focus it, and then he added another mirror. Or did he, was it a convex mirror and another mirror? It, it was a convex mirror on the back end. It was a the image yeah the the image went through a lens hit a convex mirror and then went to his mirror that he was painting off of yeah which was the size of like a quarter basically yeah. uh but he that's pretty different than them just being like oh well he used this thing called a camera obscura to project the image onto a wall and then he just used that to paint like yes. Tim really went in depth with it, so it's. But okay, I, I would so, consider him an artist too because he rediscovered that that method of doing it and creating so art. What if Keith Bodela uses the th- same exact setup that Tim used? Are you an artist or no? Uh, no. Because still, at the end of the day, it's an awesome painting. It's an awesome painting, but it's um. It's not, uh, I didn't, I, it's as if I'm just using tracing paper. I was just going to say, it's like you're tracing something. Yeah, it's like the guy that invents the tracing paper and makes something out of it, you can call an artist. And it's just like, guys, I found out this way. You know, let's, do you ever have to do leaf rubbings in school? Yeah. So it's the guy that was just like, hey, guys, I figured out this way that you can make a duplicate copy of a leaf. And you put down this paper and you and you put, a, you know, charcoal or lead over it or whatever. And you get this leaf rubbing and it looks just like a leaf. And I'm going to sell these and, and people are going to hang them on their walls. That guy's an artist because he figured out how to do something that people would want to display. Years later, I'm sitting in fucking sixth grade and I'm just <laughs> tracing it. That's not art. That's just I've al- I'm already doing something that people have already done many times before. I, I I tend to agree with that. Yeah, I can I I can I can understand that. I guess. Now, if I figured out another way to create a Vermeer, 
then I would possibly consider myself an artist. But if I'm just sitting there... Well, actually, here's the thing. If I go to recreate a painting and I go to the extent of rebuilding the exact scene and then build and then using the mirror method I would maybe consider myself an artist but if I'm just duplicating it off of a picture I would not I guess I don't think duplicating the room makes you an artist I think that makes you a craftsman or something yeah, no, well, I'm just saying, I think if I went to the trouble of recreating... Like, I went through all, all this trouble, call me an artist. Yeah, well, I think if I went through everything and learned how to do stuff, I would maybe consider myself an artist. But, you know. It's because you'd want the credit? Well, yes, that would be a large part of it. But, um... I mean, I think, I think at that point, somebody has earned that, but... For the most part, yeah, I'd be like, no, you're just you're just kind of a, a Xerox. <laughs> you're a human Xerox. You, you, my friend, are a human Xerox. It's my nickname in high school. Because you used to photocopy your ass cheeks. Right. Because you saw that guy in that SNL sketch, and you just really wanted to make some copies. Basically. <laughs> Whatever happened to that guy? I think he's dead. I can't even remember that guy's name. The the making copies guy? Yeah, who's the making copies guy? Isn't it is it Rob Schneider? Was it Schneider? I mean his career's dead. Uh I, I think. Uh the rich meister Yeah, Rob Schneider. Oh. He might as well. And he is dead. alive or dead? Oh, he's, uh, no, I'm pretty sure he's alive. I'm pretty sure. Last time I checked. If he's been... dead, I'm going to be fucking surprised. <laughs> we break the news to everybody. Nobody realized he was dead. You ever see a picture of his daughter? Looks just like him. That's horrifying. Yeah. I mean, like, just a... The girl version. Slightly, yeah. It looks a little bit more attractive, but, like, she still that, looks uh, like Rob Schneider. L. King? Is that who we're talking about? The, the 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 his his daughter is that he, he is that has her? he has two there's L King and then it just says two kids including L King. Uh, I don't know, I don't know her name. I actually I didn't. I don't know if he has another daughter. Uh, all right, hang on. Uh, Rob Schneider though. Let's go back a second here. Schneider is uh fifty one years old. 51 years young, that guy. Yeah. That, to be honest, that's that's younger than I was. Would have I guessed. actually would have guessed a little more. Not, not a lot, but yeah, that, that's a little younger than you'd think. Uh, Roy Scheider. Rob. No, Roy Scheider of Jaws fame. Oh. Roy is, uh, is Oh, he unfortunately he passed. Really? Yeah, we, know, we know Roy Schneider is dead. I didn't know he died. I didn't remember that. That's really sad. But we were talking about Rob. I know, but they sound the same. <laughs> so I was just wondering how old he was, and I found out he's dead. Oh. That means they can <laughs> you, never... You kind of changed lanes without telling us. <laughs> that means that they can never bring back Sequest DSV. No one wants that. 
Nobody even knows what that is. Uh, I, I gotta say, I don't know what that is. It was a show about a sh- the. It was like Star Trek, but underwater, because they were just like, "Hey, the last known place where man can explore." It's like the second to last frontier. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, is underneath the ocean, and they're just like, "Oh, okay." So there's something about a, a dolphin that can communicate with the people. Um, and they're just on a ship, and there was a That's kid. That's the Spock. The Dolphin's the Spock, right? I feel like there's a. I feel like there's a kid in that show that it was later became somebody. I hate dolphins. I'm pretty sure at one point it also had one of the. Uh, uh, hang on, let's see. Cast. See. Okay, here we are. Hang on. Let me go to IMDb so I can actually see their fucking faces because I don't know anybody. Besides Roy in this show. I gotta say, I'm more pro-whale than dolphin. Really? Um, yeah, I would say I sure. am, too. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't like dolphins. What about, like, a shark? Uh, no, I love sharks. Yeah, that's, well, that's like the man version of a dolphin. Right, I, I, um, yeah, dolphin, uh, dolphins just annoy me. I just, you know, the, no, it's not even dolphins themselves. It's people who really like dolphins. It's like, it's like Sublime doesn't really annoy me, but I don't like Sublime <laughs> fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like, people get really like, crazy about dolphins. Oh, they're so smart. They're so smart. If they're so fucking smart, then what are they doing in the ocean? What are they doing? Have you ever seen a dolphin go into space? You ever seen a dolphin invent a microwave? Maybe dolphins are thinking that about humans. They're like, why are they going to space? They're so dumb. Maybe they're yeah. just like, we don't need this fucking shit. No. All, no. all the fish that we eat are in here. Yeah. I, we, I, we have everything we need right no. here. They ain't, they ain't so great, all right? You know what? Yeah, I mean, they're smart for animals, but most animals are pretty fucking dumb. All right. <laughs> so, so back to Sequest. The kid's name is Jonathan Brandis. He was a big teen guy in the 90s. Uh <laughs> He was in a, a movie, he was in the movie Sidekicks, yeah, because he had that that uh, blonde hair that was real long, slick back. Oh yeah, yeah. He was just a hunk machine. He was it's the like, uh, he's like Brad on Home Improvement. He's the kid in Ladybugs. You know, I don't think I've ever seen Ladybugs actually. Well, it has Rodney Dangerfield, so at yeah. some point you'll see him. Um, he was also the kid that was in the movie with uh, Chuck Norris called Sidekicks. Um, kind of like Karate Kid, but with Chuck Norris. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, the show later also starred two of the of uh, Dom DeLuise's sons. So, wow. Michael, Michael, and Peter. What a cast! Yeah, I remember watching the show on like. Like, it wasn't Saturday morning, but I feel like it wasn't too late in the day. It was, like, Saturday maybe around, like, w- noon or one or something, <laughs> you know? Like, it was that weird transitional time. The last thing you got to watch on Saturday before your father kicked you off the TV? Uh, Well, not before he kicked me off the TV, but before I got banished to the shitty TV. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where he's like, the fucking Yankees are on. Yeah. And then you know, I, I I had to go watch the really small TV in the in the den. That's better than watching the Yankees. Well, not in those days. 
<laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying it'd be another 20 years before the Red Sox did anything. So. Uh, uh, oh, oh, <laughs> the Yankees now? <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm going. That's yeah. where I'm going. Hey, I, I grew up in New Jersey. What do you expect? Not much. <laughs> well, neither do, neither do I. Mm. My parents still expect a lot, though. So that tells you something about my life. Uh, who was on the '93 Yankees? Let's see. Oh, Wade Box. Fucking there you yeah, go. Yeah, former Red Sox player. Yeah, who was on the Yankees and kicking ass. <laughs> All right, would, get, get out of here! Wait, uh, like Keith, it. are you oh, a huge Yankee fan or something? No, no, he's not. He's just—he's doing it just to, to get just, me going. I'm doing a bit here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and Jim Abbott. Yeah, yeah he had one hand exactly, and it was still great. He did throw a no hitter. Yeah, and at that point, Don Mattingly still on the team. Fuck Don Mattingly. Really? You're gonna fuck Donnie Baseball? Yeah, I am. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Paul O'Neill, really gonna I fuck hate, Paul O'Neill? Paul O'Neill, O'Neil. with <laughs> I just absolutely despise him with a passion. Like I hate maybe more than any other Yankee ever. I hated Paul O'Neill. That stupid face on him. But wow. you're okay with with uh, with Jim Abbott? Yeah, I think of Jim Abbott more as a an uh, angel. But yeah, but still, he was on the Yankees and they were doing a pretty good job. Not a '93. I mean, but somewhere around there, they were, they did pretty good in '93. Eh, I don't know. I checked the record. Uh, let's see. I mean, they were doing better than the Red Sox. Oh my god! Uh, three above the Red Sox, and uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm look. I'm just saying. It might have been a weird year though, because apparently they were behind the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, the Blue Jays won two World Series in a row. Yeah, uh, I don't remember that part of it. I don't think you remember any of it. But then again, I was I know I remember bits and pieces, but not a whole lot. Yeah. All right. Get off fucking Wikipedia. <laughs> what do you mean? Causing uh, trouble. I love Wikipedia. Let's see how they did in '94. Let's see. Let's see how them and the Red Sox did in '94. The, they. The, it was the strike year. Ne- no one made the playoffs. Okay. You, you want to go was... down baseball history with me? We can. We could go all day, sir. Look, I'm just. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. That uh, it was an okay, it was an okay time for my dad to watch the uh, to watch the Yankees. Anyways, it's probably more interesting than watching the Red Sox. <laughs> so I'm saying. So John. <laughs> so let's, John, let's steer this conversation. What away. team do you go for? Uh, I mean, I guess I would just stick with uh, just with local pride and, and say the Pirates. No, that's not those. That's not an option. You, your the options are Yankees or Red Sox. What do you go for? Choose. Ooh, I don't know. I, I guess Where I'd do you the... want to have Christmas, John? I guess I'd pick. Where the Pirates. do you want to have Christmas? <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. He's not a, like some guy even casually roots for the Pirates isn't going to want to root for either of those teams. Yeah, no. I mean, I guess at that time I would root for not the Yankees because it's not cool to root for the guys that are really good, right? And that's that kind of a dig at Boston, but yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess that was a little bit, but that was also it kind of hurt both of us there. That was a that's. Little... I was. I'm trying to pass it out. That's oh, a, Keith, that was Keith, actually pretty Yankees good. Fan. No, I'm not. I'm not even a Red Sox <laughs> fan. I'm not an anybody fan. <laughs> 
I really, I could care very much less. So yeah, so what we're saying is, uh, go into a sensory deprivation tank or a float uh, tank. Float tank. Yes. Go into a float yep. tank. Um, make sure you have an exit plan if the guy gets robbed whose house you're in. Don't worry, you have time to think of one. Yeah. <laughs> Hours. <laughs> It'll seem like you have hours. You only have like a uh, couple well, you don't minutes, know. but you think You don't know hours. when he's going to get robbed. Yeah. He might get robbed right when you jump in. You'll yeah. be like that guy from Limitless. Uh, Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Which actually, side note here, the uh, that was a good movie, but Great. they made a TV show about it. Where he, like, goes around and solves crimes and shit. Is it with Bradley Cooper? Well, I always thought, up until about three hours ago, (laughs) that they were just remaking the movie. But then I saw a preview for it where Bradley Cooper is talking to the new guy. So I kind of want to watch the pilot because I'm like, oh, Bradley... From the trailer, it seems like what happens is that Bradley Cooper offers the guy this deal... And, like, offers him the pill, and then there's the chance that Bradley Cooper might die, or he just offers the guy the deal, and then is just a recurring character. I don't know. Bradley Cooper isn't listed as an executive producer, because I looked it up. But I was like, oh, it's just a sequel to the movie. Mm. Because Bradley Cooper is still in it, and still this guy. So I'm like, that's interesting. I kind of want to watch it now. I love the movie. Because I thought it was just a remake of the movie, which I was going to be like, ah, fuck this. But they're actually continuing, like, the universe that the movie happened in. So I'm, I'm curious. Limitless is such a great movie, and I thought Lucy was completely horrible. Uh, yeah. I completely agree with that. If you're going to take a, if you're going to do a brain, uh, a brain thing, go Limitless. Yeah, if you're going to go a movie about brain shit, go, uh, go... Go Bradley Cooper, not Scarlett Johansson. She's not as hot as you think she is. Oh, one, one more movie note. Um, did either of you see uh, uh, Ex Machina? No. Heard good things, though. I, I thought it was awesome. It's it's in that same realm of, like, weird kind of, what if this happened uh, futures? And it's it's pretty good. So so that's, Ooh. that's like I said, side note, that was just, uh, that was just an aside. Okay. All right. We'll we'll ch- we'll have to check that one out. Put it on your dockets. Um. Oh, dockets. That that might be a good name. For, for like the, a band? No, for the show. Like dockets. <laughs> like documentary. Oh, like, I get it. Do- yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Uh. Watch Tim Zermier. Yankees suck. Red Sox sucks. Uh, everybody sucks because baseball's out of control. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that covers every. Oh, and watch uh, Limitless over Lucy. I guess check out Ex Machina. You got one out of three people recommending it. The other two people <laughs> bow out because they haven't seen it. Check out uh, John and, and and my show that's coming out in uh, maybe a month and a half. We'll let you know when that happens uh, about documentaries and stuff. We already know what we're talking about though from the first one. Yes, yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, Red Army, uh, I'm Chris Farley, uh, Honest Liar, and Exporting Raymond. 
Yes. Some of which are available on Netflix, some of which you might have to go to iTunes and rent some shit. I think that covers everything. Is that everything that we talked about in summation? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Excellent. This was solid. We This was, wow, home run. I'm impressed. Home run like a baseball thing. I get it. Yes, yeah. Because it would have been weird if I had said, ah, it's a fucking field goal. Nobody would have, have, everybody would have thought I was a jackass. Yeah, that would have been weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fucking home run. All right, John. Well, thank you for joining us. John, what what is your Twitter again so that you can plug it? Uh, My Twitter is at that old John. Which you do pay attention to. Uh, yeah, I do. I've I, I, I've gotten a lot better, and I think uh, I think I'm just about to hit my stride. So this is now's the time to jump on board. Excellent. Uh, do you have a website or anything? Or uh, no, because it's 2015, so I don't. Okay. Uh, check out old episodes of um, the show of many things. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, there was uh, there was a mention on that. Uh, listing for a show of many things for a future show um, called uh, Mostly Inappropriate. Are you still working uh, on that? No, absolutely. We uh, we have both parted ways from that each other. That is completely <laughs> abandoned? <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, do you guys still talk? Or uh, have you, uh, did this pot, did the show of many things just <laughs> completely destroy your friendship? Uh, it's definitely closer to the second one. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I really only talked to him. Uh, I only talked to him a couple times, you know, here and there, but not, uh, yeah, the show pretty much ruined it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, okay. Well, we're going to have John on a third time to talk about how the, the podcast that he worked on destroyed a friendship. Oh Uh, no. So we will, can we, will he come on the show? He would absolutely love to come on. Okay, so let's get both of you guys on at some point in the future. Oh, I, to I can't wait till we get to a paternity test. <laughs> yes, to discuss the downfall of your friendship as a result of you guys embarking on a podcast. That's I any t- any excuse to get on the show, I will take it. Let's uh, let's plan that for maybe uh, late November. Oh, all right. Put that on the books. Mid, <laughs> call, mid call it no- it's like he's filling in his schedule. Yeah. Call it November rain. Mid to late November, uh, we will we will have you guys both back on. No, maybe sooner. Uh, but we will have you guys both back on to to talk about your um, the downfall of the show. <laughs> I you know I think and- I might I might start a documentary of just my life leading up to the first time we're going to talk again. <laughs> you and me. No, me and uh, me oh, and me, me and yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to start a documentary, thinking that the show you and I would start would end the same way, and, oh, it, and it would be like when they made a documentary about the apocalypse now, and the failure that that was. I mean, not the failure that that was, but all the problems. That the that debacle. Was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Debacle was the word I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, all right. Uh, that's it for but you're wrong. I'm Keith Budella. I'm Greg DiNicola. Uh, remember, everyone, no regrets. And if you're going to start a fight with Greg, don't make it about baseball. Because you'll never hear the end of it. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. <laughs>